Welcome to Broken Catholic, the show where I interview practicing Catholics, non-Catholics, and recovering Catholics about why the world isn't working right now, and tackle unspeakable topics that many people secretly struggle with but won't admit. See, I believe that God is in the business of transformation, so I'm here to stand for you having a transformation so big that when God is done with you, you're barely recognizable. I'm your host, your coach, your brother, Joseph Warren. I'm also a broken Catholic and former atheist, and I freely share my personal struggles of being a modern Catholic man. It's freaking hard. I don't have it all figured out. I'm a work in progress just like you, and that's okay. Today, our featured guest is Saul Pitchin, and Saul's been on the show with us uh, on a previous episode. And Saul, really awesome to have you back on the show. Um, Today, we're talking about, man, a topic that is near and dear to your heart. But go ahead and uh, let's get some context. Our audience likes context. What's the name of your company in 60 seconds, uh, your organization? uh, What's your title there? Well, I'm president and CEO of New Life Solutions. We're a life-affirming ministry that we work with the church community and the the Christian community uh, with a focus on saving souls, saving babies, reaching teenagers, helping single moms, have a a, um, residential program for single moms with kids, uh, a birth center, and uh, abortion recovery. That's awesome. And your centers are some of the largest in the United States. They they are. Yeah, we're very blessed. That's fantastic. Yeah, they're actually called medical clinics now. And I keep forgetting that because we've... uh, uh, provided nurses, and we have our first doctor, and we'll um, soon be hiring a, a nurse practitioner to so help cool. us more outreach to women in our commu- in the Tampa Bay area. Awesome, so so you know I like to uh, start every episode, every show with this same question: Why do you think the world isn't working right now? Well, we've gotten our eyes off of God. Uh, this is this is a. Uh, uh, the United States. You asked about the world. Uh, um, our nation was founded on the Constitution, which mm-hmm. in, in, in itself was founded on biblical principles. Yeah, it was. It was. And so uh, throughout the world, um, the message was out there a few centuries ago, but they ignored that message, and they've gotten away from it. England is like a dark, a dark country. Uh, Germany, a number of other countries have gotten away from um, our roots as as um, biblical a biblical worldview rather than a straight secular worldview, mm. and that's what's happened and it caused all the fallout. Remember, I'm a psychotherapist by trade, and I firmly believe there's more there's more depression and more anxiety than ever before because who gives us the peace that surpasses all understanding? God does through His Son Jesus Christ, and if we don't seek that source, we go out there and try to find it in other ways. Yeah, I hear that loud and cl- loud and clear. So, yeah. Saul, it's easy to say we love God. It's really difficult to trust him. Yes, it is. With our lives. Why do you think that is? Well, because you can't see him. <laughs> and you, 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 I see you, and you and I are good friends. I know if I needed something, I could call you. That's correct. Joseph, and, and if uh, you know, you need something, you know you could call me. That's right. So I see you, you know, I, I touch you and all that. Um, tangible. Tangible. And we can't see the Lord. So why, then why, what do we need to do about that? Ah, what we do is we surrender to God and believing in Jesus Christ, his son, who died for our sins and rose again, and he's at the right hand of God. 
So you've got God the Father, Jesus the Son, and what did Jesus do? He left a counselor for us called the Holy Spirit who lives in us. So when we have the Holy Spirit in us, now we have more trust in the Lord. We've got, we've got, we've got the a part of got God living in us, mm. and that brings us a peace that surpasses all understanding, and he, speak to us, he speaks to us, communicates to us through the Holy Spirit. And as we read the Word, it just everything ignites mm. to glorify him. Got it. Okay, so let's get into the topic, Saul. So like I mentioned, uh, this topic's near and dear to your heart because this is your calling. This is what you're doing. You run some of the largest pregnancy centers, medical clinics in the United States. Yes. Uh, you're based here in Tampa, Florida. Um, and today our topic is abortion, what to do after you've had an abortion. Yeah. Now, this is powerful, and this would be both for girls and guys, oh, yes. correct? Yes, this is because for women and men. There's yep. a lot of fallout, mm. right? Um, post-traumatic stress disorder uh, is normally associated just to military victims, right? But it also occurs in post-abortions. Mm -hmm. Is that correct? It does. It does. PTSD is part of it. You know, uh, if someone goes through a trauma, they, um, they go and seek help. They get counsel. They process it. They talk about mm. it. Abortion, although it's legal, no one wants to talk about it. Mm. So that abortion really is, uh, offends the Lord. Mm. It grieves the heart of God. It does something to inside of us, both for women and men, mm. because it goes counter to the way we were created. We were created to, to, to love life mm. and, and uh, to, uh, to live, uh, to glorify God, and that's through life, creating life. And um, when, we, when we terminate the innocent life of a child in the womb, uh, even though they don't see it, that trauma isn't right away, Joseph. It's, it's legal to have an abortion. They go to the doctor, and they have it done, and the media says it's okay. The law says it's okay. But then why am I, why am I not feeling okay? Mm -hmm. And many times it's delayed. It could be 5, 10, 15, 20 years, 30 years. We've worked with men and women 40 and 50 years ago. They had an abortion. And it, what it created in them was a degree of anxiety, a lack of trust, mm. uh, a, a sense of hopelessness many times. And, you know, and let's focus just on people in our churches, in our Catholic churches, parishes, as well as the evangelical churches. I've said for years we've got all these people there who believe in God, on the way to heaven, but they're not enjoying the journey. Mm. What's that about? What is that about? Yeah, they're not enjoying the journey because inside they know they've really sinned, they've grieved the heart of God, and uh, even if they got approval to do it, they know they've terminated that innocent child. And again, it's delayed. You know, it's interesting because like so many times we'll make choices, right? And we create a mess right in our life in the life of others uh you're just bringing out one example of something that creates a mess right abortion mm -hmm. right taking mm -hmm. the life of an other and and again this this conversation the show isn't about is it a baby is it not a baby right there's so much evidence that shows it's a baby you're literally just in denial life if you're begins at conception yeah so yes. the evidence is clearly there now it's a matter of wrestling with okay am i going to choose that and it's pretty much am i going to choose my my life or my baby's life, right? Mm -hmm. and, that, and that's the thing. It's normally we don't want to give up 
our freedoms, our joy. We don't want the consequences of the sex. Mm-hmm. That's what it comes down to if we mm-hmm. just got real raw about it, I think, right? Yeah, that's right. And it's like, but the consequences are there. They are. And they show up. And like you said, they show up years later, years yeah. later, years later. And we wrestle with it. And there's this, this um, something's a mess. Something's broken. And we don't go and clean up the messes in our life. Right. We just keep dragging them like anchors. <laughs> and we, we wonder do. why our life gets so heavy. Right. Exactly right. Good, very good description. Because again, we have so many people sitting in our pews, and um, they're believing in God. They have this secret sin from the past, mm. and you have to deal with it. But a lot of people, the way they deal with it, they keep it inside. Mm. So they Suppress stuff it. it. Yeah. They stuff it and stuff it and stuff it, and um, so they don't live a fulfilled life. See, I don't believe you lose your your salvation. You you surrender your heart to to, to the Lord. You believe in Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, and um, um, and God's going to bring you to heaven when you when you pass. Okay, but where Satan comes in is he. He, you're, you're stuck now. He has got you feeling low self-worth, that you, are, you don't deserve anything. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so you've, you've, you've got this all in, bottled up inside of you. And so J- Satan has you. And so you're not going to get involved in, as much in the church or in the community because you don't feel worthy. Does that make, that make sense? That makes total sense, right? I think uh, you're spot on. I think the enemy really attacks our identity as sons and daughters of the Father. Amen. Right? Uh, that's, yes, that's exactly. That's he hits us that's exactly constantly. right. And he uses the ammunition is an abortion, mm-hmm. uh, you know, whatever, hurting someone, et cetera. There's so many different examples. But, yeah, he'll take that abortion and be like, oh, how could you have done that? Yeah. You're you're a loser. You're no good. Yep. You're you're uh, a hypocrite, right? Your faith teachers don't do that, etc. And it's like, it, it's interesting because the the enemy, right? We're told in scripture he's the the one that tempts us to do the yeah, thing. He's a deceiver to do the yeah. deed, right? Bite the apple, have mm-hmm. the abortion. Do you really want your life to look like that? Do you are you ready to have kids? That's not fair to the kids, right? All these different things, these thoughts he puts in. And they're reasonable. They're yeah. reasonable. There's some truth to them, right? Mm-hmm. He distorts it just a little bit. So, And then we bite the apple. Mm-hmm. And then he is lined up with a baseball bat, the first one to condemn us. Yes. And hit us with the bat over and over and over again yeah. and be like, I can't believe you did that. You call yourself a Christian? How could, and then we live in that shame. Yeah, we do. And we live that's in right. the mess. And shame, for you in that. That's right. And shame grows in the dark. Shame, Shame grows, grows in, in the, the dark. dark. Write that down and if so you're listening when it's, right now. When it's not confessed, that's why it says in Romans, when you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So that's, that's like a, a salvation prayer. And a lot, of, a lot of people don't feel worthy enough to even go before the Lord anymore. You know? mm. and, and so Satan has them. You're not worthy. And so they don't go out. They don't use the giftings that God has given them. Remember, you know, we, we talked about it um, over the years we've known each other. God has a plan and a purpose and a calling and a destiny for everyone. That's right. Everyone. And so if, it not, if, if it's stuck, it stops, it's not fulfilled because of that abortion, God doesn't want that. Does God forgive us? Absolutely. Even for an abortion. Even for an abortion. Totally, totally forgiven. All he's saying is come to me. Receive, re- receive my forgiveness and be set free. 
to fulfill the calling I have for you in your life. And so post-abortion recovery, we provide groups for women and for men. Mm. I, Dude, I got to just say that what you said earlier, that was like a truth bomb, right? Shame grows in the dark. Yeah. If you're listening right now, we're speaking with Sol Pitchin, who's the uh, founder, CEO of... Go ahead, Saul. Of New Life Solutions. I'm not the founder. I've oh, been sorry. there nearly 20 years. Yes. We started in 1985, but we were donors before I came. Got and, it. So New Life that, Solutions yes. is one of the largest pregnancy centers, medical clinics in the United States, helping uh, women, helping men. Teenagers. Um, during yeah. mm-hmm. um, post-abortions, um, finding alternative solutions, etc. And Saul brings up the point, shame grows in the dark. So if you're listening and you've had an abortion and you've been sitting with that stuff down uh, in that shame uh, for years and years, or maybe you just had one, or maybe it was 10 years ago or 20 years ago, and you're like, well, it doesn't matter. It was back then. I was just a kid. It's still there. Yeah. It's still there whether you want to admit it or not, right? And there's a mess that needs to be cleaned up. Shame grows in the dark. Mm -hmm. So shame becomes really powerful in the dark when we don't share we keep it private however it loses its power when we bring it into the light doesn't it and how much light do you need just god's light just a little and just a little bit of light you open up a a door into a dark room all you need to do is just a little bit of light just pierces the darkness boom and that light is the holy spirit so i i encourage you right now if you're listening um open up that door sit down with the lord in quiet in your prayer and Clean up that mess with him. Yeah. And say, Lord, that, I forgive would, me. Yeah. Forgive me for, for uh, what I did in the past. And, um, and God does. He does. It's, it's repentant. Re- we repent. We ask for God's forgiveness. And then contact uh, your listeners are all over the country. All over the world, actually. So yeah, we're in contact. 13 countries already. Amen. Praise in God. three months. That's, praise God. Yeah. And for them to contact their local pregnancy center. Most of them have someone who's trained to do abortion recovery. Mm. And and to your point, right, it's it's there is recovery needed. Yes, abortion there recovery is. needed. It's not yeah. just something you could clean up at home, right? It's like no. post traumatic stress disorder. There it's a clinical condition. There's a grieving process, there's counseling, there's there's talking about it. Mm-hmm. So I would say the first thing when we're both in agreement soul is, you know, if this applies to you, this content, then Clean it up with God first. Yeah. Ask for forgiveness. Does that mean they should beat themselves up and no. be like, "Whoa, no. is that me? Be How could I free. do that?" No, no, that's not it. But God needs you to say it to Him. Mm-hmm. He needs you to share, God, I did this. You yeah. gave me a life, and I threw it back on you. Yeah. You know, and I didn't mean to. Yeah. I I was young. I was you know I didn't know what I didn't know, or I chose me over the baby and operate out of fear. God is not looking to make us wrong. God is looking to give us love and forgiveness, right? And the transformation. He, he that's, does. That's what we're standing for in this Amen. show. You know, you figure with 60 million abortions since 19, 1973, when Roe versus Wade became legal um, at the Supreme Court level, uh, making it legal for men and women to abort their child for really any reason mm. through the ninth month. Mm. Pretty much through the ninth through month. Through the ninth month. Through Can you the clear ninth that month. up, please? Because I run into so many of my Christian brothers and sisters that are like, well, I believe in like abortion in some cases, right? But yeah. definitely not, you know, um, 
what's the long term late term late Late term term abortions yeah they're like well you know it's not a it's not a baby yet you know because it's still a fetus or whatever i was like at what point does it become a baby and they're like well science doesn't actually know whatever i was like so what point do you think it's no longer okay to kill that child and they're like well i guess no more than like three months or whatever i was like did you know that you being pro-choice is you standing for it's legal right now in the United States to kill up until the day of. It is. You, you, it's, less, it's happening less and less. You may have to fly into another mm-hmm. state or even here in the state of Florida. There's a few abortion mills that still do that. You know, it's interesting because I had a friend, and, man, he is so, like, pro, pro, pro-choice. And I asked him the question. I was like, so do you believe it's a baby? He's like, absolutely not. And I was like, when does it become a baby? He's like, the second it's born. And I was like, Okay, I have to really <laughs> kind of step back and wrestle. So <laughs> yesterday it wasn't, today it is. Yeah. Uh, but that's kind of how he sees it. Yeah. And I said, so are you at peace, like 100% you would end your, because he has daughters, you would end your child's life one day before she was born and be totally at peace. And he was like, absolutely I would. Mm. But then the next day she's born tomorrow, your little baby, and now that's wrong to kill her? He's like, yes, absolutely. Yeah, He is and lost. He is so lost. Isn't that sad. so interesting, sad. though, how the enemy will play with our yeah. mind to justify yeah. something illogical like that? Mm-hmm. Like, that's extremely illogical. Mm-hmm. It's like one day life doesn't exist and the next day it does, even though the day before it was a fully formed human yeah. in the womb. Yeah. Just the only difference was the environment in which yeah. it was surrounded, not the being. That's right. Right? So all of a sudden, so if I'm in this room, I'm not a human being in this podcast studio, but the Mm -hmm. second I go in the hallway, I am a human being? Yeah. Well, his foundation is is darkness. Your foundation is light. So life begins at conception, and that's immediate. When that that sperm and the female, uh, the... the, um, the egg. The egg. Come together. <laughs> this it's is a zygote. <laughs> it's a zygote. It becomes fertilized. It's a, it starts at the beginning of a person. Correct, because the DNA now is DNA is right in there. Right there. Within 18, 20 days, the heart is beating, and most people have the abortion two to three months. That's when they have it. Well, that's a baby. Yeah. Look it up. Go, go online. You'll see that's a baby. What percentage so, uh, of abortions happen within that time frame? The bulk of them. Within up to you know the, the first ninety days, you know, ninety uh, you know, three months to four months, the bulk of them are done in that time frame. Probably, if I if do a figure, would probably be uh, sixty seventy percent of them wow. in that time frame. Okay? And when, when they're science... not feeling the baby, although the baby is moving. You should see seven, eight, nine, and ten weeks. You see it. The baby's moving. The heartbeat is there. Mm. That's why we have sonograms that all are. Exactly. Clinics, and when that mom, what happens when the mom oh, sees that? Nine out of ten times, Joseph, they choose life. Why? Because what changed? Ah, uh, you know, and and obviously they're seeing they're seeing their their baby, and most most women will bond. See, most women will bond. You then come in with the hardest heart that they see their baby, they see the baby moving, and and then that that nurturing. DNA that's in most women and most men comes out. So let me ask you this. When, when these young girls, 21 years old, come into your clinics, your medical centers, and they see a sonogram and they see their baby, yeah. is there any doubt 
in their mind that it's a baby, it's a human life. No, no doubt whatsoever. They will stake, they can choose to, to den, um, deny to give that child the right to live, but they see it's a child, it's a baby, moving, he or she is moving. And that's every time, like undeniably, that's your experience? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Isn't yeah. That amazing? Some of them have a hard heart. You know, in most cases, their heart gets softer mm-hmm. because they're seeing the not only the image on the sonogram, it's, it's, it's multidimensional. So they're seeing their baby moving. And, wow. and um, God created us. God did create us to love. See, God is love, like we, we've talked about before. And uh, that starts softening their heart. Now, they're in a culture and an environment that's very full of light, full of love, full of God, and, and full of life. Mm. Not just light, life. They go to an abortion clinic, and, and if they do a sonogram and that baby is moving, many times what happened is at the abortion clinic, they don't even says, if you don't want to see this, this you, know, you don't need to see it. You know, the sonogram. Yeah, sonogram. Yeah. Um, uh, and, um, and so their, their whole, the essence of, of abortion clinics, especially Planned Parenthood, because it's the third, it's the largest, it's the largest provider of abortions in America. And so they do a third. Nearly one out of every three abortions are performed by them. Mm. Well, they're all about money. They want to make money. So they're going to push what? They're going to promote abortion. Mm-hmm. We're all about life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we're going to promote life, mm-hmm. life. And we don't charge. We don't charge. That's amazing. At, at so, so we me... want to save more babies in order to help uh, close down the abortion clinics. Let me ask you this. When it comes to uh, post-abortion, um, what would you call it? Yeah. Post-abortion. Post-abortion recovery. Thank you. When it comes yeah. to that— uh, share with us one story of an individual where you've seen them triumph in that kind of uh, before and after. So before the abortion, they were like they were in the darkness, the shame, right, mm-hmm. all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then what happened? Yeah, um, I'd share, share with you um, uh, a number a number of cases, but let me let me share with you a man. Yeah, one story. Go yeah, ahead. just one story, and uh, this gentleman had um, the abortion, his abortion, thirty nine years earlier. Hmm. So we'll just call him Bob. Yeah, fair? let's call him Bob. Okay. Bob, uh, he had the abortion with his girlfriend uh, nearly 40 years earlier, hmm. and uh, they went they went to the abortion clinic and terminated the life of that child. Hmm. All right. So they stayed. To, they they kept dating, and they got pregnant again. This time they got married. Hmm. Okay. However, they never spoke about the abortion. Hmm. Never. After 10 years of marriage, they had a few kids, the marriage ended. It was hollow because of the trauma that they both experienced. Okay, fast forward now. This wonderful man is, wow. a, is a donor. Bob's a, a donor of ours, so he was, he was at one of our um, galas, our banquets and things, and he, he saw me there, and God just started talking to him. He says, go tell Saul about that abortion experience. And uh, he put off for about a year or two, but finally he came to me and he said, you know, I've had an abortion in my past. I think about it every day. Every day he feels the guilt. Mm. Shame grows in the dark. And so um, I said, well, why don't you come to the the next group that I'm doing? And we have five men in there. He was one of them. And uh, it's a nine-week Bible study group on grief. It's really what it is, scripture on grief. 
and processing, talking about their, their hurts and, and all those things. He was a totally, totally different man. He's so different than now. He leads groups. Mm. He leads abortion recovery groups for men. His life has been transformed, and it took until his late, um, right, late 50, it's almost 60 years old, before that part of his life was, was liberated. He's a transformed, and there's so much more joy in his spirit, and, and, um, and he wants to tell everybody all over the country, and he'll be one of those that we will do on a national level. He tells his testimony, and it really grips the heart of other men like him. So he shows up in life differently now. Oh, he's just, oh his, his wife is so happy. He remarried to a mm. wonderful woman, and he told her, but he never told anyone else. Wow. And so, um, yeah, she's delighted that he's been set free, delivered and set free, and now wanting to help others. And through his testimony, we've gone to men's retreats, and— uh, He'll give his testimony, and, and I say, who here can relate to Bob? And you see 20, 30, 40 men raise their hand, mm. and I invite them to come to one of our, our groups. They're like, you know, it's like Celebrate Recovery. They're like, uh, you know, um, AA groups, mm-hmm. okay, but this is very special, specified, because these are groups for I call post-abortive men. And obviously, we've got them for post abortive women all over the all over the country. Here in the Tampa Bay area, we have one of the larger uh, larger outreaches. It's called Passages of Hope Abortion Recovery. Got it. How do you think most people misinterpret uh, abortion recovery? They like what scares them about it, or you know, they see yeah. it in a totally different way. They, they don't want to bring up the pain. They don't want to talk about the pain. They've covered it up all those years, Joseph, and it's it's way down deep. You know, I've already dealt with it. They really haven't dealt with it. Mm. Remember, I'm a psychotherapist. I spent three years working in the psychiatric setting in the hospital. And 20, 20 years ago, we started seeing, uh, w- looking in women's charts, and we started seeing some women had abortions. And here these women had become suicidal. So when you research abortion recovery, post-abortion recovery, you, you research it, you find there's, there's a behavioral change many times. They become the low self-esteem, the low self-worth, loathing the opposite sex, mm-hmm. or having multiple relationships after relationship after relationship, and uh, um, uh, drugs, alcohol, to kill the what? To kill the pain. To kill the pain. Do you see what I'm saying? I do. So I've I've learned when my training years ago, there's always a reason for behavior, always a reason for behavior. Okay. So what you do is you ask, Lord, help us to get to the. Whenever I when I was in private practice, I say, Lord, help us to get to the root of what is happening in Jesus' name. Is there anything more powerful than Jesus? No. And it's amazing what comes out. Mm. See, no one can. I I can't fix or change anyone. But, and nor can you, okay? But we can lead them to the one who can fix and change exactly them, and that's Jesus. That's exactly it, right? Just point them to the Point the them healer. to the right person, to the healer. I get it. Yeah. So what part of uh, post-abortion recovery do you still sometimes wrestle with? That whole topic. I'm not sure if my question is clear yeah, or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you um, wrestle with in that? Well, where I where I get frustrated and grieved is is because um, there's been 60 million abortions, okay, uh, since 1973. Like I said earlier, um, we're, very few are coming forward to get their healing. God's there to give them their healing. 
That's what's frustrating. So, to what me. do you think the gap is? They uh, uh, part of it's the church. They won't talk about it from the pulpit. See, um, <laughs> for years the church didn't talk about divorce. Hmm. Well, the church didn't talk about drugs and alcohol. Now they're talking more. They're addressing these issues because they're realizing there's people in in the church that are dealing with it. Well, the one other area that really needs to be addressed is abortion recovery. There's so many people, can, right? They're in church. Now they've received Christ, or maybe they knew Christ when they had the abortion. But now here they are sitting in church, but no one from the pulpit or in the communicator is saying, hey, we're having an abortion recovery group starting, nine-week Bible study group on grief starting, and it stays confidential. See, we keep it confidential. See, Saul, I, you just to me, clearly set the vision of your national program. Amen. Amen. In all the churches. Right there. Yeah. And it's not rocket science. That no. would be really simple. Yeah, I get that. I think there's one in my church called Stephen Ministry. Stephen's Ministry. I've done trained. I've trained them. Yeah, so They're why not have people. one specifically for post-abortion yep. recovery? Yeah. That would be good. That's, I get it, man. That's wonderful. So that's something you and I will probably work on together. Yes. Very cool. <laughs> so... We are now at, as you know, my favorite part of this show, which is the confession round. Confession, okay. All right, so I'm going to change it up a little because you've been okay. on the show previously. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to ask you 12 quick-fire questions. You'll have three seconds to answer each. Okay. Are you ready, sir? Yes, sir. Gotcha. I'm ready. Hey, Saul, what's your favorite sound? Ocean. Yeah. Yeah. What's your least favorite sound? Uh, <laughs> uh, when... It would be a wreck. <laughs> a I've wreck? seen them. A wreck. Like a car accident? A car accident. Oh, wow. yeah. I've been in a few, too. I get it. Yeah. yeah. When you were a child, what did you want to be when you grew up? Um, I, wanted, I, I wanted to be, grew up near the water, so I wanted to be a surfer and wanted to have blonde hair. <laughs> yeah, so I, I got dark hair, never became a surfer. So it didn't work out for you? It didn't work out. Oh, mm -mm. darn it. Yeah. Uh, what are you most afraid of? Well, I am getting older and, and um, most afraid of, I want to say afraid of, but concern is I want to stay healthy. Mm. I, uh, that's probably the, the greatest thing right there, Joseph. I want to stay healthy in order to do more for, the, for people and for the Lord. I get that. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. What did you spend way too much time doing uh, early on in your, your faith journey? In my faith journey? Um, I don't know if it's too much time doing, but I, I tried to go to Bible studies and try to learn more about what the Bible was all about. And um, so I would read and reread and reread. Uh, when am I ever going to get this? <laughs> gotcha. What secret fear do you have about people? Um, that they would uh, maybe uh, either criticize me or not meet their, their expectations. Hmm. What do you wish you had learned sooner in... Uh, the business that you're in right now? Uh, in the, in a pro-life movement. Yeah. Uh, that um, raising money to trust God more mm. instead of doing things in, in, uh, in my own power. Yeah. But to trust God more for the monies to come in and um, for him to really run the organization more than me, <laughs> try to run that organization. I get that. Uh, what is a new habit that you'd like to form? A new habit um, to um, travel. I want to travel. 
I want to do more things with uh, with my wife and uh, all the grandchildren we have. We have 13 grandchildren. You should have came to Spain with me. I saying. know. I know. Just you saying. didn't invite me. I just went on a cruise. You should have been on the cruise. <laughs> yes, what are you yes. doing? All right, cool. Uh, and what bad habit would you like to break? Bad habit? Um, listening more intentionally. Hmm. Okay? I want to listen more intent- intently. I try to, but sometimes, you know, you wander uh, I off. I get it. And, yes. <laughs> I do know. And be a better husband. What did you say? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what did you say? Yeah. Okay, pick three words to describe who you are now. A lover of Christ. Those are three words. Yeah. Yeah. No, four. Lover four. of Christ. There you go, three words. Got it. Pick three words to describe who you were back early on in your faith journey. Early in my faith journey? Yeah. Um, a seeker. Um, I would say before you experienced God in the before I experienced God. Oh yeah, um, lost in this world. That's four words, but lost, truly lost. Mm. I was trying to find my way. Yeah. Yeah, I think we all are, right? Mm-hmm. So imagine sometime in the distant future, and there you are standing in front of your tombstone. Read to us what it says on it. <laughs> I guess it'd really be that um, that I that he loved God. Yeah, I get that. It's simple. Yeah, it's clean. You know, I ask the same question on multiple episodes because sometimes my guests will It'll come up it, with huh? a new, yeah, deeper, yeah, answer. So, yeah, yeah, I like that. And last question: If you could come back to life and tell your family, friends, and loved ones only one piece of advice, soul, what would mm-hmm. you say to them? Um, Make memories together. Yeah. Make memories together. together. So if you've been uh, listening, we've been speaking with Saul Pichon. Mm-hmm. Pichon. That's Pichon. good. Pichon. Uh-huh. Yeah, you say it so much better than me. Um, and he is the uh, the CEO of New Life Solutions, Solutions. Mm-hmm. Uh, here in Tampa, Florida, one of the largest pregnancy centers in the United States. And what Saul's calling is is to help uh, families um, really, so uh, you know, moms, families in crisis. Yeah, moms, yeah. dads, and babies, mm-hmm. and to preserve life Amen. in all forms, right? And that's the mom's life, the dad's life, and the baby's, baby's life. life. Yeah. So, Saul, what's the best way for our listeners to get in touch with you? What's the website again? Probably the best way would be newlifesolutions.org. Newlifesolutions.org. Excellent, Saul. I thank you for joining us today, and mm-hmm. I wish you the Uh, love, forgiveness, and transformation of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Uh, Thank you, Joseph. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Friends, I'm Joseph Warren, and you were made for greatness. Head over to BrokenCatholic.com to learn how to stop being a wuss and start being a winner. Have a blessed day, and remember that God the Father loves you, He's fascinated by you, and He wants to show you His awesome plan for your life. Now go spend quiet time with Him, and I'll see you on the next show.